0: Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church.
1: To hear more sermons like this, please visit
0: ilabscbc.org.
1: Well, hello everyone. Welcome to joining our live streaming service of Somerville Community Baptist Church. Today, we are celebrating as a Rally Sunday. You know, usually when it comes to Rally Sunday... You know, kicking off all our fall ministries, always have this great expectation that is filled with joy, filled with laughter, and filled with fellowship. But I know it feels much feared not being able to celebrate it all together at this particular Rally Sunday. There's no barbecue, there's no bounce house for our children, nor can, a cotton candy machine, no laughter, no in-person fellowship together. And also, many of you know, if not most of you know, probably informed that our church leadership um, has decided to not to reopen our church until the end of this year. I know, a very difficult time. We are going to revisit, though, sometime in November and evaluate uh, with this COVID-19 and decide whether we are going to reopen our church in 2021. It's such a weird, such a different and heavy feeling as I'm standing here about to deliver the Word of God in this such a joyous Sunday. So as I've been praying Seeking out God's guidance, asking Him, Lord, what do you want me to deliver the word? What do you want me to preach? Literally, no one's here. It is a very difficult time. And somehow, and somehow, the God, through the Holy Spirit, inspired me to speak on the subject of hope, right? Because that is a very subject that every one of us are in need during this very difficult time. So this morning, I'd like to speak on the subject of hope. And I entitled today's message, The Hope Set Before Us. The hope that is set before us. The hope that is guaranteed before us. And I'm sure many of you love movies, right? And have watched so many of them because of this lockdown and staying home caused by COVID-19. So I feel like I want to give you uh, this starting by sharing this great movie that is called The Martian. As you can see, you know, the poster of the movie on the screen. How many of you actually watch this movie? Just raise your hands, even though I cannot see you. I'm sure many of you have watched this movie. This is a movie based on the science fiction novel by Andy Weir. And this author, he comes up with this story. Quite a brilliant one though. And about an astronaut who was injured, abandoned, and left for dead in the planet of Mars. And nobody gives him a chance to live on. Because in Mars, there's literally no air. No source of water and no food. So they abandoned him there when there was a storm. And everybody assumes that he would die. I remember watching the movie. The main character, I believe whose name is Matt Damon. When he walked up, right? He was passed out. And when he walked up and he says this. You either accepted it." or work it okay you either accept it or work it and i feel like he had chosen that the letter chance and he found a station on the planet of Mars, and he was trying to live his life by himself without even knowing when there's another cruise of the spaceship will come back to this mars and knowing that he's still alive He started growing this vegetable. He started making this food. He's trying to find and make the source of water while he never gave up on sending out this um, rescue signal. Now, I'm not going to tell you the whole rest of the story. This is too much spoiler. So when you get a chance, you know, I hope that you can watch that movie on Netflix. It's this amazing, amazing movie. This Martian, the movie, is a story of a survival It's a story of fighting for survival. How he could come and overcome all those odds. How he was able to have against all this hope. You know, I read some of the great reviews on this movie. And I want to share with a couple of them. Those are just amazing, amazing reviews. Um, The first one is this. The Martian inspires hope in overcoming the impossible. The second one is this. The Martian makes space for hope. And then finally, one more. The Martian, an outer space story of inner space hope. Well, this movie, Martian, was a great success on, you know box office. And because, I think, it really touches on a very relevant Fame of deep inside of our human desire. What is that? That is hope. Somehow, in all our hearts, we long for hope because we know that this word is not what it should be. There is too much pain. There is too much sorrow. Too much suffering. And we all long for that better place. We all craving for that better life. So hope, I believe it's something that resonates within the human heart. And really, the hope is one of the major themes in the scripture. The Apostle Paul says from the first Corinthians chapter 13, many of you heard and knew about that all this great scriptures about theme of love. Toward the end of chapter, he was assuring there are three great themes Themes of faith, themes of love, and themes of hope. And this book of Hebrews is not different. It brings a tremendous message of hope. The hope that is set before us. The hope that is guaranteed before us by the promise of God. Now the context of this book of Hebrews is that the Hebrews Christians are under tremendous persecution and difficulties. They are under trials, tribulations, in that kind of difficult environment. They are tempted to give up. They are tempted to be discouraged. They are tempted to throw in the towel. And so the author, who is still unknowing, the author of Hebrews, knowing their situation... Write this letter them and encourage them by saying, This don't give up, fight for survival, go against all odds. Make sure to have hope against hope, keep on clinging on to the hope that it's set before you by the promise of God. And this portion of scripture, particularly, which is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 6 verses 13 through 20. I believe this passage is a clear picture that teaches us about the meaning and definition of hope and how that hope works in the midst of our difficult lives. And if you are here today, you're going through all difficulties and trials, whether it's your home, whether it's health, your personal life or your professional life, This is a message for you. Because some of us, including myself, when we go through such difficult times, we have this tendency and temptation to say, you know what, I'm going to give it all up. I'm just ready to throw it in the towel. But I hope this morning, you will have open ears to learn from this author about true meaning of hope. That we are all in need and in these very difficult times. As we come to this portion of scripture, the author begins by giving us a wonderful illustration of hope. Now this example is not from outer space, nor it is fictional like the movie that I just mentioned, The Martian. It is a historical, it is non-fictional, it is real and biblical. And it is one of the most well-known characters across the entire Bible. Story of Abraham. How many of you know the story of Abraham? I'm sure many of you you know the story of Abraham. Now, let me try to explain to you why the story of Abraham, in what perspective, in what angles, in what views, why this is a story of hope. It's not just a story of hope because you know, when Abraham, when he was 75, the God's word came to him and God commanded him to leave your families, your own fathers. At the time, that was like almost a death sentence because hold this patriarchal, you know, communities, their communities based on their brothers, relatives, their fathers and mothers. What God is saying, give up on everything that you can take advantage of. Trust in me. Go to the place that I commanded you. So, according to the Bible said, um, the, the, the Abraham said. So he did, right? And as a we reward, that God has given this tremendous, tremendous award or blessings. He says that I will make you the father of nation. Your descendants, your offspring's are going to be numerous, same as the stars in the sky same as the sands on the beach but the problem is he was 75 and sarah was 65 they have no kid they have no son fast forward you know it took about 25 years so when Abraham was 99 he came again and reassure him change his name and make sure that my promise the source of your hope that is my promise is still valid. And when he was also telling to Sarah, and Sarah did not believe it. But a year after, God gave them a beautiful son whose name is Isaac. Now, let me try to just um, you know, put it into this text upon this perspective. Now, this message of hope, story of Abraham, is not because of Abraham was just faithful, right? You see, there are times he wasn't faithful. There are times when, you know, God appeared to him, was sure this promise that Abraham, he was lapping, right? It wasn't because of they're always full of hope. It wasn't because of they're always full of strong will upon this promise of God. No, they made a mistake, right? When Abraham was 85, Sarah was running out of her patience. And she was suggesting, perhaps she probably felt like, you know what, Abraham, we need to help God out. God seems to be so silent. I have my servant, a maid. Her name is Hagar. Why don't you sleep with her? So we can have our son who will carry on the legacy of our family. So he did, right? So years later, when he was 86, He had a son whose name is Ishmael. See that? They made a lot of problems. They were not even the family or couple of great faith all the time. There are times they left at God. There are times they did not obey what God said. There are times they are running out of their patience. Do you get it? Why this author of Hebrews says the source of of hope the very best example or illustration of hope is the story of abraham It's not because of their own ability nor because of their own power strong will no the subject of hope is not abraham and sarah no it was god see that the source of hope was the god through his promise now i want to define very clearly what hope is? Because some people they have very wrong notion, understanding about this concept of hope. Some people think the hope is wishful thinking or a blind optimism. Oh, I hope I will hit a parable. That's what. That's what. Um, that's wishful thinking. How about blind optimism? It's, that it's not bad as bad as you think. Even though you are diagnosed with. Answer. That's the blind optimism. You just f- want to be optimistic about your circumstances. But that's not quite the, what the Bible is talking about here. Hope in the scripture is defined, I want you to hear this clearly. Hope in the scripture is defined as the confident expectation of all the good promises. That was given by God. Did you hear what I said? Hope in the scripture is not wishful thinking. I hope that is going to happen. It's not blind optimism. You know what? Perhaps tomorrow the sun will rise again. No. The biblical meaning of hope is saying this. Even though tomorrow is... The sun may not be rise again. My circumstance is so bad. It could be worse. But I am still hopeful. Why? Because I have this confident expectation from the promises of God. Do you know how many promises of God you can find in the Bible? There are just roughly over 7,000 of promises of God. Seven thousands of the promises God that are true, that can happen to our life. The hope of scripture, the hope in the Bible, the hope from God is not wishful thinking. It's not just maybe I'll get it. No, it is confident expectation because it's based on God's word. It's based on God's promise. There is a rock solid foundation of God's promise. Over 7,000 promises throughout the Bible. He said it. Therefore, you can trust it. He promised it. Therefore, you can expect to receive Him. You see, this is how Abraham had his hope. God made the promise to Abraham. Now, this desire, this looking forward to an offspring or a descendant, it's not because Abraham just somehow believed that Sarah could make it. Actually, Sarah said to herself, I cannot make it already. My factory closed. I am beyond that age. Blind optimism will say somehow we can make it. Wishful thinking says we hope. And who knows what will happen. We're going to have a child. But biblical hope, it's saying you can because God promised so. His word declared it to be so. And God not only gave a promise to Abraham, He also made clear of. It's an amazing scene here that we can find in verse 13 through 15 of the book of Hebrews, the chapter 6. Let me read it for you. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, He swore by himself saying, Surely I'll bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Did you hear what the author of the book of Hebrew said it here? Not only there are thousands of the promise of God God is not the God of indifference God is not saying that you know what there are thousands of the promises you will pick and choose if I want it and I'll make that happen if I don't want it too bad no God did not say that not only he assured with this thousands of promises this scripture is also saying that he made an off right and he swore by himself. Why? Because there's no greater being than our Father God is. When I was younger, um, we have kind of very traditional way of making sure this is true. I'm not telling a lie. You ever done that? Like you hold your, your hands together, right? And you do the kind of thumb stamps, and you kind of scan it, right? And then we put our hands up to that. I swear God, this is a great picture of what God is doing right now. God, with his generous heart, with his loving and caring heart, not only has given us this over 7,000 of promise that we can put our faith and our hope upon, he's making off. He's swearing by himself, I will make this happen for you. That is an amazing, amazing promise. I know that a lot of people and those who are struggling, we need this promise of God. We need this word of God's promise. Many of you know one of our family members, whose name is Lloyd Carrero. His father passed away. Already been two weeks. It was sudden death. You know, I got a phone call from him, and he ended up actually crying as he was telling me what happened. And he told me that, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I am a mess right now. It was just so sudden death. He was found almost con- unconscious on Tuesday of that week, transferred to the hospital, and Saturday where the doctor and the family decided to pull the tube, uh, tube off. The difficulty for me was um, as I was preparing the, the funerals, the small funeral service at the building site in one of the uh, funeral home at Cambridge number one it was just suddenness so I know the families were just shocked this tremendous shock still and it was also the person that I wasn't really familiar with I met probably a couple of times when I visited the family but I didn't know about deep inside of his life his spiritual life but after I heard a little bit of um, his spiritual life from Royce, and I was assured where he is at the time, where he was right now. So you know what I preached on? I preached on the hope. I preached on the message of hope through the promises of God. That is a such important theme that we should hold on as we, uh, the Christians... I use the passage, which is taken from book of Isaiah, chapter 25 and 26. Many of you know the chapter 25 and 26 of book of Isaiah. It is song. It is poetry that was written by the prophet Isaiah by giving thanks and gratitude for the faithfulness of the blessings and promise of God. And in that chapter, chapter 25, verses 1 through 6, there are Three great, great assurance, great promise about the kingdom of God, about heaven. That's what I preached. By the way, there are everybody else from except the family, media family, the voice family, are Catholic. So it was a little awkward. You know, my preaching style, I, I wanted kind of response, but there was no response. But regardless, I preached the hope that is based on the, the promises of God. From that passage. It talks about three basic promises. I'm not going to give you all this you know, preaching. But I'm just going to give you the three promises. How the promises work in conjunction with our whole. There are three assurances, Three promises about the kingdom of God. Isaiah said, when we go to heaven, there is always a feast. Amazing delicacies and expensive meat and aged wine. And I said this. Probably we're not going to eat, and this is just poetry. This is song. This is kind of metaphor, but it, you know it kind of feeling when you are in the, one of the best banquets, you know. And there's a banquet every single day and 365 days, or there is eternal days of the whole feast. You just be there, surrounded by angels, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and all with your brothers and sisters. Just celebrating that feast. There's also a second promise from that passage about the kingdom of God. And that was God. I believe it's verse 5. God personally swallowed all our death. Think about that. Because of God through Jesus Christ swallowed all of our death. Now we were guaranteed for the eternal life. The last one. Why? I was telling this to give them hope. It's because of God's personal gesture. I believe it's verse 6, which um, it says, God will come to all those who are there and wiping their tears personally for everyone. Can you imagine that? All the pains that you are having right now, all the pains you were and you are going to be going through, when you go to heaven, God will come to you saying that, David, I know your life was very tough as a pastor. I know there are times you're very sick. There are times you're betrayed. There are times you feel like you don't know what to do. All the tears that you have shed. Here I am. I'm here to wipe all your tears. You see that? Because of the promises of God from the book of Isaiah, I was able to deliver the hope, eternal hope to the family who were not sure what to do because of all this shock and trauma. That's how hope works in our lives. That's how hope works. It also says in verse 19, this defines how hope works in our lives. Verse 19 says this, We have this as a sure, steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful Wonderful depiction about what hope can do. It says hope is an anchor of your soul. And that anchor can also actually enter into the inner place of, behind the curtain. You know what this curtain means? This curtain actually placed in the turbinacle, separate us from God. Separate us from the, the holy and the holy of the holies. And that curtain, because of this hope, that is an anchor that we can access directly to our Father God. Amen. Now, this word anchor is just perfect imagery. Think about that, because all of the Hebrews, the Hebrew Christians, were familiar with that imagery. Anchor. They were living. Around the Mediterranean seas, right? Even in their own nation, they have the Sea of Galilee. I know it's a lake, but it's huge. There is a wave and there is a, you know, the current streams as well. And there is also the Dead Sea. So they are quite familiar with what this anchor does and why is that so important. There are two things when it comes to anchor. What does that do, right? The anchors kind of hold you right, into the right direction. When you throw the anchor into the sea, it will prevent you from drifting out of your direction, right? I mean, you can probably drift a little bit, but that's it. You can always be in that range. That's how anchor works. Another thing why the anchor is so important, the anchor, when it's pitched down into the sea, even though there is a huge storm, the huge waves and huge winds, this will help the sheep or the boat stable where it provide them with more security. That's how anchor works. Then why do we need this anchor? Anchor of soul that is whole. I think it's very simple. Very simple. You need an anchor because your life is full of storms. You need an anchor because your life is full of winds and waves i said it many times your life is there, your life is one of these different things you know, different phases okay either you are entered into the storms or in the middle of the storm we're getting out of the storm waiting for another one that's our life we cannot explain our life Apart from all the storms and winds and waves, you don't need an anchor if your seed, that means your life is calm and there is no winds and no waves, right? I mean, why do you need an anchor if everything is always going well and peaceful in and the right direction and easy? But the fact remains is that in life, there are always going to be winds. There are always going to be waves, and there are always going to be storms, and that's why we need an anchor in very difficult, troubling times like this. You need anchor for your soul, because our life cannot be explained apart. From all difficult times. God is saying through these passages. I am giving you through my promises. So that you may hold on to this anchor. So that you will not be swayed. So that you will not stumble. You will not fall. You will not go false. You will not disciple. And you're not getting into this suicidal hope. That this word fourthly gives you. But you will hang on to this hope in Jesus Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. My friends, this world that we are living right now, there are a lot of deceptions, there are a lot of dishonesties. It's easy to be disillusioned. You know, it's easy to walk beside a restaurant. You ever seen those um, plastic display? It uh, looks very nice. Go in order. And taste was not that great. You guys ever seen all these commercials? The product was so amazing. You just can't not but help getting and buying those from Amazon or some other web pages. Actually, when you receive it, it's not as bad. I mean, it's not as good as it's commercialized. That's the word that we're living. We're living in a full of deception we're living in a full of dishonesty it's hard to talk about hope especially what's happening in this november we are in a very important phase of our nation right now right we're not having our presidential election a lot of us are putting our hope upon the person that we are going to put into white house but I want you to assure this, it's not about the person whom that we are going to put into the White House. No, it is the person that we already put on the cross that is our Lord Jesus Christ who matters upon our life. So, what this Hebrews 6, especially, this part and portion of the you know the Bible really tells us about hope. And I think this is what it says through this authors. Your foundation for hope, absolutely rock solid, cannot be changed. And as you go through the hardship of your life, you can be confident that at the end of it all, God will come through for you. You are destined for glories and blessings forever and ever more. Amen. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, keep your eyes like Abraham did. Understanding that he wasn't perfect. We are not perfect. He made a lot of problems. So are we. And he wasn't that faithful. And there are times we feel like there is a lack of faith, right? Admitted understanding. Surrender ourselves to God. Fix on what is to come. Keep your gaze fixed on our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the source of our hope. And this hope that is worth your life. Will anchor your soul as you go through the present storm today. If you do not have an anchor of your hope, you are going to swing. Your life is going to overturn, it is going to capsize. And it's God's intentional for you this morning to have that hope. Have that hope. Let me finish by sharing this one last story. When you guys are actually driving, you know, I'm driving a lot in 93 and 95 as I'm living in Wilmington. There are times you probably saw the little emblem or sticker uh, on the back bumper of the car that is in front of you. Um, It looks like a fish. And then you know that's, uh, that the person who's driving or actually owns the car is a Christian. Somehow we know that fish emblem represent the Christian. But I'm sure not many of you know the history that is behind. History and true meaning that is embedded in that emblem. And let me try to explain the meaning, historical meaning of that emblem. And how I can actually connect to the theme of hope to conclude my sermon today. During the first century, there was a great wave of persecution by Roman empires. You know, there are just amazing, amazing, brutal things happening. Because the Roman Empire, they believe polytheism. That means there, is a, there are more than one God, right? All the gods and goddesses. And on top of that, there is emperor. They consider him as their God. But there was only one group of people who were called the Christian who believed only one God, who believed in monotheism. And that's why this Roman Empire, and as they were colonized, this land of Israel, they start persecuting so badly, brutally, and also result in, a lot of Christians are being hiding. They're living underground house. They dug and made all this rooms very sophisticated and hidden rooms. And at the time, they need some kind of secret code to communicate each other. So on top of their house, on top of their hidden place, they kind of put this uh, picture or paintings, okay? As you can see on the screen right now, there are two fish, and in between fish, there is anchor. On top of anchor, there are four, uh, five actually on Greek alphabet letters, which refers to fish. So if you're not Christian, let's say Romans are the Gentiles. Oh, you know, there's a two fish, anchor, and then the word says fish. It's so common because they are literally, their life is apart from the, the fish or fishery or the river or sea. It cannot be explained. It was so common. But here is a deeper meaning. The reason that they use. That Greek word, five words of alphabet, which referred to fish. And if you took the one by one, those are the first alphabet of the following phrase of the five five words, which says this, Jesus Christ, God, Son, Savior. See that? Jesus Christ, God, Son, Savior. So that's what fish means. For the others, it's just fish. For a Christian, it means that Jesus Christ, God, Son, Savior. But what about anchor in between the two fish? Now, I think the anchor is so simple, isn't it? The anchor is a reminder that we have a sure, steady love. Perfect and certain expectation of this whole, which is the anchor of our soul. What was really significant for early Christians were those two things. Jesus Christ, God's Son, my Savior. And there is another thing. From knowing our Lord Jesus Christ, there is anchor. There is hope. You see that? Those are the two things that help them endure, help them persevere during very, very difficult times. Even willing to end their life even willing to become murdered him, Why? And in one sense, there is the Jesus Christ's Son and Savior. In the other sense, there is anchor of hope. There is anchor down upon our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Brothers and sisters, I know we're starting in very difficult ways, very different ways this Sunday. Our ministry is going to be very challenging, very experimental. But you know what? I am not afraid. You know, I am not worrying about it. And here's the reason why. You know, my father always told me, you have two options upon your life. Either you are complaining or regretting for the things that have already happened, that have no control over it, being pessimistic, or you can be optimistic, thankful to the Lord, and act upon it. You know, I am here telling you, that I am ready to act upon all difficult and different adventures and challenges. I know this is a great chance that we can spread a gospel. You know who are making a lot of money doing the stock? It's not the stock market is high to the highest. No, when the stock market got crushed, everybody was just in fear. That's when the smart people buying those stock and sincerely, faithfully waiting until the stock... The price is going back up. During difficult times like this, this is one of the very best times that we can spread the very source of our hope that is our Lord Jesus Christ. That we can become the gospel by using our hands, by using our feet, by using our heart, by using our spirit. Let us be out. Let us go out to this community. Let us be the light and salt and true hope that is anchored down upon our Lord Jesus Christ, who is a Savior. Let us pray. Our Father God, we come before you with this uplifting heart. Even though the things are not easy, circumstances are very difficult, Lord, we are not going to be disappointed. We are rather going to be excited because we know that our Lord Jesus Christ who is in charge who is a source of this ministry as long as we put our anchor hope upon our Lord Jesus Christ our sheep is going to be just fine we are going to be protected we are going to be keep on right direction we are going to accomplish what our Lord Jesus Christ commanded us to do use this church use this vessel so that we can accomplish the great work to be the great the source of the whole for others through the gospel message of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for all and are the only Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Transcription Hallelujah is the the right word and perhaps the only word that we have to use regardless of our circumstances that for the presence of God as a source of our hope is still within us so that we can say hallelujah as we end our service let us bow our head and receive a benediction now may you leave this service with this uplifting heart knowing and entrusting that our Lord Jesus Christ is source of our hope. And may you leave this place with this exciting heart as long as we put our anchor upon our Lord who is a Savior. Our life, regardless of what's happening around us, is going to be steady. It's going to be kept safe. It's going to be going to accomplish what He has commanded us. So may you leave this place with bringing this hope that comes from Lord Jesus Christ. Be the deliverer and also messenger of the hope. Go out into your family, into your neighbor, into your community and plant those seed of hope that only comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. May the love of our Father God and grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you and your family and all those who decided to bring the very home and plant a seed of hope and those who are struggling. We pray for all in our, the only Savior Jesus Christ's name. And God's people said, Amen.